Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Hey there, folks. We are talking with Sarah Barnes-Humphrey of Let's Talk Supply Chain again today. And uh, after the epic, literally global crisis that we discussed in the freight and logistics and supply chain industry, we're talking today about some ways that you can mess up things with freight forwarders and importer or exporter. But also the flip side, how to make life work better with the freight forward and understanding the lives of those absolutely crucial people in the context of our business. Without them, basically, freight does not move around the planet. I mean, yes, you could go directly to DHL or UPS, but if you're dealing with this serious amount of freight, normally you're going to be dealing with a freight forward. It's a given. So learning to navigate that relationship elegantly is really, really critical. So this is extremely practical stuff. If you are importing or exporting in any way, shape or form or considering doing so, then the next um, 20 minutes or so is going to be very useful, actionable and insightful stuff. Stay tuned. Enjoy the show. Ladles and jelly beans, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective podcast, the place to be for six, seven, eight figure Amazon sellers and e-commerce sellers. Today, we welcome back uh, Sarah Barnes-Humphrey from Let's Talk Supply Chain, a 20-year veteran of supply chain and supply chain management and, and freight forwarding and all things to do with moving goods around the planet. And we had a slightly frightening conversation, Sarah, about uh, the crisis, but welcome back to talk about some more mundane and, and hopefully more you know manageable solutions. Yeah, yeah, really excited to be here. Thanks, Michael, for having me again. My pleasure. So let's talk about. So we've we've given a, a bit of background, well, a bit of a massive background about the current sort of global tri- crisis, and we talked about the general picture of freight. But let's zoom in on that relationship that, as you've articulated already, and I think is worth rearticulating the the problem of how much time people take that relationship between importers and exporters and their freight forwarders, which is not always an easy and friction free and smooth relationship, is it? Tell, tell me us a bit more about what the problem is there. Well, let's start with the stats. So it takes 101 hours, 40 emails, and 20 phone calls for importers or exporters to get their uh, products for their ocean freight or their air freight shipments quoted and booked. So, And that doesn't even include it actually moving after that. So it's a really cumbersome process. I mean, importers are going to three to five different freight forwarders by email, sending them their shipment details, asking for a quote. Sometimes it's just for costing, right? Sometimes you just need to know how much that is going to cost. So for a freight forwarder, they're doing those quotes and they're really only getting 10% of those quotes actually booked with them. So that's a lot of work. That's 90% of their work. And and they're not actually uh, securing a booking, which which is what they make their money on. And so you're going to them for those costs. And then you're also going to them when your shipment is closer to being ready to find out who has the most competitive quote. But when they come back, there's all sorts of terms and conditions that are different. And you have to go through that. And then once you decide who you're going to be shipping with, it's all done by email. 
right? So you let them know, and then they go to your ship, your uh, shipper and manufacturer, and then they come back and they need this document, or you need this document, or they send you this document, you put it in a folder, you forget where you put it, you ask them to resend it. Like, <laughs> I could go on because there's so many different things and forget, I mean, forget about onboarding a new freight forwarder. I mean, right now to onboard a new freight forwarder to actually work with them, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work on your side because you got to set them up as a vendor. And then it's a lot of work on the freight forwarder side as well, because you've got to complete all of this documentation to be able to ship with them. And so technology is really bridging the gap on that relationship and that back and forth and really being able to bring everything into one place. You you beautifully articulated the experience of pretty much all of us, myself included, that have ever imported anything ever. And it's, it's just, it's a grinding process. I think people are new to it. By the way, just if anyone's fairly new to the game of, of importing, be fair to your freight forwarder. Why should they answer your, your uh, email asking for a piddly $5,000 order when they, they're struggling to deal with the $50,000 order that came through and working, as you said, time and a half pretty much across the board. The industry is just, it's just people are manic. So you've got to be realistic, guys. You're going to have to press hard. But come to your point, I guess that for the smaller companies to get access to freight forwarders at all, to get, even get a response to an email now, it seems, is not easy. I mean, is that one of the problems that you're there to solve as well? Is that a thing that you've come across as well? Or is it just me? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a challenge that a lot of importers and exporters have. A lot of the industry is relationship-based, but at the same time, you want to be able to work and see who else is out there. Because at the end of the day, not every freight forwarder is good at every single lane. And so if you... You think about that stat, right? They're quoting 100% of the time and they're only getting 10% of the bookings. And those 10% are the ones that they're making money on. The rest of the 90% they're not making money on. So we also need to take into consideration what they're going through and what, what they actually have the bandwidth to get back to you on because that takes a lot of manpower behind the scenes to be able to uh, put together that quote and to send it to you and to follow up right because a lot of times they don't get feedback from the customers or potential customers as to where they landed right what did their how good was their rate maybe it wasn't good maybe it was over by $75 I mean that kind of feedback is really crucial to any freight forwarder that you're looking to establish a relationship with or you're looking to work with and yeah I mean and they're so they're costing, they're quoting, but they really make their money on moving cargo. They're also acting as a bank, right? Because they have to pay the steamship line so that you can get your goods. And then they wait 30 days for you to pay them. So there's a couple of things that traditionally on the freight forwarding side has not worked very well. And it's really starting to come to the forefront that it's not working very well. And so we want to be able to solve that on both sides, right? Because it's a challenge for the importers, but you also have to understand what the freight forwarders are doing. And then there's a lot of challenges on the freight forwarder side. And the margins are still quite small. And so from where are you going to stretch that margin to pay for? More people, to quote, technology, marketing, and overheads going up. So there's there's a few things at play here that we really need to understand when we're working with a freight forwarder or when a freight provider is working with an importer. And again, they're not good at everything. So if you send them a quote, let's say from Turkey to Toronto, and that's not a lane that they're good on, they're not going to answer you because it's just not something that they're going to spend their time on. 
And so really understanding what lanes that they uh, want to be working on is essential to you also not doing additional work, to be sending it to them to not get a response. And that's kind of what we are solving with the ship's platform is that there's a matchmaking function. The freight forwarders can quote or not quote. The the quotation is going to the right provider for the right lane. And so when I say we're solving for challenges on both sides, we're solving for challenges on both sides and bringing both parties together so that they can work better together. Yeah, that sounds great. And I would say also, yeah, it's really great to think about the other side. And it's a, a few things that strike me that are maybe feedback from the sometimes errant important myself, but having worked with clients, I kind of see it a little bit more from the sort of a third party perspective. One thing is it's not necessarily a favor you're doing them by asking them for business because number one, nine out of 10 chance, according to your stats, maybe even bigger with people with small budgets, frankly, are they not going to go ahead? Secondly, you're costing them money because they've got to do the quote. And third thing, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right, they they are actually acting as the bank. So you're asking them to be a bank, do a load of work for you, and then maybe ordain to pay them a a modest amount that they maybe keep a a small percentage of a few percent or something. So you can completely see why people don't respond. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's because it's a big ask. And I guess what we need to understand, at least if you're going to ask something of somebody, you do need to understand the size of the ask. And I, I guess that you've just articulated very, very well. It's actually a big ask, especially in the current environment. So so apart from, I mean, we're going to talk about the, the technology solution which you've created, which kind of feels like it had to be made by somebody, actually, because it feels incredibly necessary. The more you articulate, the more I think about reflecting, listening to you. I'm like, yeah, of course, somebody should deal with this. So it sounds like an amazing solution. We'll talk about that in a sec. But also, are there things that we can do, sort of best practices that we can put into place that can at least reduce the the frightening number of hours and the number of emails and increase the responsiveness from freight forwarders from the sort of importer exporter perspective. Yeah, that's a that's a really big challenge, right? Because what you're expecting is you're expecting the importer to do some of the work or invest some money into tech and you're also asking the freight provider to do the same. And so other than really finding a place for you to, to work better together, I'm not sure what the solution would be for that if you're, you're looking to do that on your own, except for getting to know your freight provider. What are the lanes that they want to quote on? What are the lanes that they, they make the most money on? So which freight provider to go to for which route that you're you're looking to quote on and you're looking to move your products through. The other the other thing to think about is with our solution, we have a white label solution. So if you like your current freight providers and you want to continue working with your freight providers, you can do that. But setting up your own portal, so your own ecosystem where you can upload the information for your shipment and with a click of a button you can get a cost. So you're not actually going to your freight forwarder necessarily for the cost. Or you can click a button and they get notified, hey, there's a shipment here that we want you to quote on. And let's say you get a call from a freight folder, which we all get all the time. <laughs> I can't remember the stats, but somebody shared some stats with me with me before, and that's a lot of phone calls. And they say, hey, and you're like, yeah, I, I do want to try you. But you're, you're like, I don't really want to do that because of all of the onboarding. Well, if you have your own portal, you can ask them to go and sign up at your portal as a freight forwarder. And then they'll get notified the next time that there is something to quote on. And there's matchmaking functions. The other really cumbersome thing about working with freight providers is there's not really a reporting tool. So with our white label solution, you're going to get a reporting tool. How well did they do? How often were things late? 
all sorts of information and data that you can get on your freight providers that you can assess at the end of the year to be able to move into a more profitable year. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I guess what you're saying with the with the kind of DIY, you don't really want to be invent, reinvent the wheel. You could use a platform like ships.com, your, your yep. platform, to be a place to meet people. So you don't necessarily need different people or new relationship, but you need a new management um, tool to well, manage that relationship. Yeah, there's two ways. One is the marketplace. Mm. So if you're looking for, if you're looking to um, streamline the process and find new freight forwarders, the marketplace is for you. You would go on there, put your shipment details in there, press the button, get a cost, press the button, and freight forwarders will quote on your shipment. If you're looking to work with your current freight providers, we have uh, a white label solution that we can brand to your branding and it looks like your own portal and you can work with your freight forwarders within that ecosystem. But what it does is it keeps everything together. So let's say you put in your shipment information, you you get quotes from the freight forwarder and you decide to book it through our platform. You can upload documents within that one section. So under your that one PO, you can upload documents and then you can also message back and forth with the freight forwarder and you can do that within your own white label solution as well so it really depends on your preference we've got we've got uh, answers and a platform for either one either way you want to work so it really just depends on how you want to work with freight providers yeah that makes sense and i think also even conceptually i mean not everyone who listens to this just like your freight forwarder friends are going to get not everyone who listens to this or checks out ships is, is going to go ahead but i think the very concept of what you created makes sense and i guess you could always try and reinvent the wheel i know people are quite fond of doing that as an entrepreneurial disease i would suggest that taking an existing solution is better unless you're really enterprise level and you've got good in-house staff it's it's not normally better in my experience unless you've got a super customized and neat customization need in your scenario do you guys work with the bigger companies to customize things to their particular needs if that's needed yeah, that would be the white label solution. Okay, so you, you can customize more. it quite heavily then, yeah. Yeah, like the mid-market to the enterprise level is more the white label solution, and the marketplace would be for small to mid-market. Great. So I just got a couple more questions. I mean, first of all, like this, we ought to just let people know how they can get hold of the use the ships or check out the ships ship with a Z, Z at the end or Z, depending which side of the Atlantic you are, or indeed north or south of whatever it is, the 48th parallel. I forget which it is, Canada's here. Um, to America but it's yeah so basically amazingfba.com forward slash ship Z or ship Z and you can get a 14 day free trial uh, if you want to try the white level version I guess people need to email you probably email. is that right yeah, okay yeah. and what is your email do you want to just if you're willing to give that out on there you can otherwise we can just go via my email yeah sarah at ships.com or they yeah. can find me on LinkedIn as well sarah yeah. free Okay, perfect. So we've got that out there. So a couple of other questions. I mean, I'd love to know what the sort of other classic mistakes that importers and exporters make with the freight forwarders that we need to be on, on guard for. Can you tell us that one first? Yeah, I've listed quite a few previously, and and I think it's really just understanding what, what each party really goes through. One of the biggest hurdles is when you're asking for a quote to really give all of the information needed to be able to provide that quote. Because a lot of times where that back and forth really starts is when you're, you're sending your shipment information, but it's missing a whole bunch of details. And so the freight provider has to come back to you and say, I need this, 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 and this. 
this. And then you go back to them and maybe they need a few, a little bit more information. So you want to make sure that you've got all of the information that you need. And that's what a platform like Ships really does is we ask you the questions, right? And so you have to input the information and, or upload the information and fill in the gaps. Knowing your Inco terms is really, really, really important as an importer. And so Inco terms really determine where the costs or the 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 money and the risk and it is is exchanged right and so when you negotiate your contracts with your manufacturer or your supplier there's an inco term that should be used within those negotiations because what that means is you then know what your responsibility is for the shipping and where that starts sometimes under x works it starts at the manufacturer's door and you're responsible all the way to your door sometimes they're responsible to get it to the port and you're responsible for the port from the port all the way to your door and there's a lot of different inco well not a ton of different inco terms but there are a few different inco terms for a variety of different scenarios and that is one thing that is super, super important that we that we see people not really, you know, putting a lot of heed behind. Yeah, you're so right on that. It kind of blows my mind that somebody wouldn't know what an income term is and yet would try to import. I'm, I'm, I remember that I was given stunningly bad training by a bunch of North uh, American, well, they, they were based, I was one Canadian guy, but they were based in America and they had that kind of America bubble kind of mentality. It meant we're going to source stuff in America and sell stuff in America. I'm like, that's great if you're selling supplements, which even back then was super competitive. But for the rest of the planet, me included, how do I import them from China? And there was a stony silence from them. So I had to go away and learn this stuff. But I would just, I would just beg on bending knee that if you're going to import from China, you don't even go near the place until you've gone and just Googled the term Inca terms. There are only nine of them, as I understand it. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like easy, easy. You might want to get a coach to talk you through it or go and listen to, to Sarah's wonderful podcast. But I guess you probably don't deal with real basic stuff like that. But yeah, it's kind of part of the deal. And, and I couldn't, couldn't agree more that you should educate yourself. I'm like, if you're buying something, like I beat people up if they say to me, like, my freight is X. And I say, okay, yeah, well, what, what income term? They go, I don't know. I'm like, dude, so you don't know what it means. Then go back and ask. And then that's another back and forth that the freight forward is probably just gently banging their head against the desk at the end of the door. If you're really asking questions like that. That's, that's like... Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it and your terms are FOB and not X works, but you go to the freight forwarder and you ask for costs from door to door. They're actually doing way more work than they needed to. And yeah. then they have to redo the quote because yeah. it's not right. Because completely nutty rubbish. Yeah, I know. It's, it's completely, yeah. Or you tell one freight forwarder FOB, you tell the other one X works, and they miss out because you're not comparing apples to apples. Yes, totally. Now, that must happen every day of the week. So, yeah, Inco terms, I, yeah. Go Google it, guys. There are some really great. There are so many. If you just go to Google image search, you will come a ton of beautiful infographics will come up and they'll give you the latest. There is no excuse, guys. This thing called Google. Anyway, so on behalf of Freightford, I'm kind of offended on their behalf now. Last question is <laughs> what question have we not asked or what question should I have asked you that we haven't dealt with already? This is the second time you've asked me. It is because it's the second episode. I'm a naughty boy, but it's a good question. It always gets a good answer. I drew a blank last time and this time I might draw a blank too. But I think I, I think the, the biggest question is how can we take a look at our processes? What does it look like? And again, what we were talking about in the last episode, what's the risk versus the reward? 
So what are teams really, what are your logistics teams really complaining about from, you know, a standpoint of having, or, or how many hours are they really putting into what they're doing and how they're dealing with their freight providers? So I, I think a really big question here is what should the process look like and how easy can it be? Like, what does it... How can we change the lives of importers and exporters? And I think my response would be ships. Well, I know it's a tough question, <laughs> but I'm really glad I asked it because that's a, an excellent, excellent answer. How do we, how easy can it be? What a beautiful question to end on. How, how, what the, should the process look like? How easy can we make it? And of course, as you said, your answer is, is a piece of software that obviously has been honed by decades in the field. Yeah. So it's, it's not something dreamt Only up by you. somebody. Only two. Yeah. No, not, not trying to add to your age. I mean, you're looking, looking youthful, but it's more the, the amount of experience is, is just obviously critical when it comes to something like this. You've got perspective rather than having yeah. three years worth of, of uh, data to go on and then suddenly being surprised when everything's different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just great stuff. And obviously very much worth checking out for anyone who's even remotely interested. If you don't have some kind of portal already in use, folks, I would at least check it out if you're a serious importer, exporter, if you're moving containers or anything significant you'd be crazy not to at least try it which is amazingfba.com forward slash ships ship z or ship z last thing is just to say sarah many many thanks for all your insights and uh bringing so much so much thought-provoking stuff to the show as well thank you so much for having me and thank you to everybody in the audience for listening i love your show i love what you're doing i think you're helping so many so keep going thank you thanks so much Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective Podcast, part of the family of Amazing FBA Podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.